0: Okay, so what do you think is going to be one of the hottest topics that will be discussed during 2024 when it comes to emerging tech? Get ready to listen because you are going to find out what is going on, everybody. This is Lauren DeLisa Coleman, your host for the fabulous podcast Beats and Bites. I'm so excited to be with you. Um, As you know, let me just set up a little bit of context for you before I get into the show and everything. This is your third of three bonuses that I have outside of the typical 10-episode uh, season um, for Beats and bites. You know, we are now concluding season two, and I just want to thank everybody again um, who, is been, who has been listening to me and who voted, particularly the Spotify users, like 71% of my listeners' you know, voted this podcast like they're number one. So I just want to thank everybody again. And I'm so excited about this. You guys know that I am deeply passionate about this space, the intersection of emerging tech and mass media and entertainment. Nobody is really, you know, looking at it the way that I do given all of the different experience that I've had, both, you know, in the music um, business and on the tech side and digital strategy and so much more. And I'm just so excited to be able to bring this to you and really what's going to happen in 2024, which I will break down for you um, during that first episode of 2024 season three when we kick off. But let's like, you know, just tie up all the loose ends right now for, for 2023 before we get too far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I'm just doing this because I want to make sure that you win, whether you're listening to this as an exec or an emerging exec or somebody who's, you know, specifically in the creative sector, it is just really important to stay up on all of these things because there's just so much change and so much opportunity. And as I always say, you know, it's like musical chairs right now and the music is going. And now is the time to be able to partner, test out, learn, track and so much more. Cause honey, once that music stops and everyone is seated, the Titans will be set for decades to come. And as an emerging tech enthusiast, you know, I want to make sure I keep you up on things, but also, you know, obviously give as much of a broad perspective as I can. It's not all about being a cheerleader for emerging tech, and it's Certainly not all about doomsday. So here you're getting like kind of a really a well-rounded perspective again, specifically as it pertains to the media and entertainment space. As an innovation strategy consultant in this space for different uh, clients of mine, helping them to be able to really navigate all of this craziness around emerging tech and decide, okay, how are we going to use this to create new revenue streams, to create um, new ways to be able to touch more fans or consumers, and especially to be able to create more social impact. I am the lead on that for so many different um, brands, recording artists, and so much more. And so it's just really about being able to bring some of that day-to-day to you guys here when you listen to the podcast. So, Let me give you um, a little bit of like housekeeping, as they say. So as I said, this is bonus episode three of three. I will be back with you guys again. You can listen again starting January 11th, 2024, which sounds mad far, but it really isn't, right? So it's only missing um, these next two Thursdays coming up because... Either it's, you know, that holiday week, that wonderful sweet spot in between Christmas and New Year, where I don't believe there's going to be all that much going on. And then, you know, people are going to be taking their time, getting back into the office and all of these things starting that first week of January. So what I am planning to do is give you a CES wrap up, recap, um, in addition to some other things that I'm going to be doing for 2024, kind of set all that up for you for this whopper of an episode season three episode one kickoff so you do not want to miss that for January 11th so that is the basic outline and story but I do want to talk you know a little bit about a couple of things that I want to just put out there as food for thought as they say um, you know between all of this time, because there are some major things happening right now that are both, I don't know, a little concerning, but also exciting at the same time. So let's jump right into this because the question that I posed at the top of this episode, and you guys know I always pose a little question, um, this one is about what's going to be at the forefront for 2024. This will not be the only question for sure, but this one is going to gain speed. I'm starting to see just kind of a little bit of a buildup now during like December. And it's just going to, I think, really take hold as the whole discussion around AI um, begins to take place. And you know me, I think that everybody should be as well-prepared as possible. So it's not only about AI, but looking at the convergence of AI with Web3, with anything, you know, XR, 3D, etc. How's AI going to play into the whole um, kind of digital uh currency game with web three and so much more, right? This is everything, but AI is going to drive, you know, a lot of it. And certainly AI is its own pillar. This particular topic, I think it's just going to blow up more and more and more. You guys heard me allude to it a little bit when I saw the photo um, that one of the execs at OpenAI took after Sam Altman returned. If you missed that episode, just like kind of go back um, a couple of episodes to to listen to that. But anyway, he was proud to take the pic that you know, everybody had rallied around behind Sam and here's the picture on Twitter and so exciting. And then you look at the like little faces in the photo and you're like, wow, where are the African-Americans, right? There's Caucasians, there's a sprinkling of uh, Indian, you know, not Native American, but India, Indian people who are working there, Asian people, where are the African-Americans, right? So I just started thinking about that and was looking at a lot of the comments around it. Now I'm starting to see this more in, I guess, a, a kind of formal Uh, kind of discussion that's starting to bubble. So just the other day, NVIDIA, for those who don't know, is a major chip maker. Um, You need chips to run anything and everything that's dealing with technology, electronics, whatever. Google, if you're not familiar with them, they are making mad money. And the CEO is just seen as like, I don't know, a, a rock star of sorts, just because he's not your typical tech dude, right? He's usually, you know, kind of, rocking a, a motorcycle jacket, some leathers, whatever. But anyway, seems to be some issues in there. And you guys can Google this if you're interested, just uh, Google NVIDIA, N-V-I-D-I-A, if you're not already familiar with the word, um, comma, harmful to minorities, and a, a ton of different uh, articles will pop up. Pick your choice <laughs> to be able to listen. Or rather, well, you could listen, read, you know, it'll be video and so much more. But anyway, apparently there are are employees inside of NVIDIA who warned or are warning, trying to warn the CEO of NVIDIA that AI might be harmful to minorities. Now, apparently, he was not really interested in having this discussion. One employee was so dissatisfied that she has decided to to quit. It is becoming more and more of an issue between these employees and the CEO. And I think it's going to be something that we all need to track. What I find so interesting is that this CEO is a quote unquote minority, and I've never liked this term, and minority depends on who and where you are and you know what you're doing, but whatever, for the sake of like argument, just in general, um, this CEO is of Asian background. And so it's interesting that somebody in that space is not really seeing this to be, um, you know, something that really warrants um, full-on discussion, I guess, because a lot of times when we talk about AI and bias, although it's a number of different ethnicities, and even if you look at, like, people who are, uh, you know, disabled with sight and so much more, right, or visually impaired, I mean, a lot of things have not been included in all this AI soup, and so... You know, there has to be obviously much more discussion around all of that inclusion in the biggest sense of the word. But there are two things here that I want to point out that I think are interesting to kind of note is that we're starting to see more and more of a discussion around our wonderful, not all, some people with Asian background and India, from Indian, or we'll say, you know, Eastern India or Eastern India background kind of maybe Caucasian identifying. And so not really checking for a lot of the issues that either minorities in this space have or African-Americans and Latinos who are not right in a a lot of like kind of that tech decision-making space, not really hearing them. And so this, I think, is going to become a larger and larger conversation as shall we say, the staffs kind of begin to expand, which we certainly hope they do, as more organizations start to understand what's going on with AI and push back. It's just going to be huge. And I think that there is going to be a call for more people who can bridge the gap between these different worlds and be able to bring them together. This is going to be one of the key, key roles, if you will, as we go into 2024 and beyond. You're going to need people who can speak cultural intelligence and technology and so much more all at the same time. Now, I would say this is an isolated incident, but just lo and behold, two days ago, then McKinsey, and for those who don't know, McKinsey Company is a... um, Highly regarded consulting firm to major, you know, companies, telling them any number of things around strategy, how to lay off, when, just so much more. But they recently um, posted an article on their site, and if you are looking for a little semi like, it's not light reading, but it's not heavy, so <laughs> semi-business-related reading during the holidays, you find that you have a little bit of time downtime and are interested in this, go to mckinsey.com, M-C-K-I-N-S-E-Y, for those who are not familiar, and search for a, a new article on, entitled The Impact of Generative AI on Black Communities. It's really interesting because, again, I'm always here to bring like all types of info so that you have at least as much of, um, I don't know, as much of a, a wide kind of 360 view on this as possible, or at least what I can see to bring to you. So it's not, again, all doomsday, all cheerleader. This is interesting because it kind of balances out a lot of the discussion about bias and so much more. This particular article is talking about how generative AI, and there's a number of different types of AI, we'll get into that more in 2024. But anyway, has the potential to widen the racial economic gap in the United States by 43 billion each year. That's the subhead. But deployed thoughtfully, it could actually remove barriers to economic mobility. You've got to kind of read this article because it's really, it's going to make you think in like a mad expanded way about how this can be leveraged, right, to create more money, but if not leveraged in the right way, as they said, it can really be absolutely devastating. And so I'm I think it's interesting how they've calculated the forty three billion, whatever. But look at the subheads. There's like Gen um, AI's impact on black workers, Gen AI's impact on high mobility jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that this is something that everybody should be aware of because if you're overseeing teams, thinking about how you're going to best deploy this, what some of the issues or concerns that certain members of your team might have, if you are Outside of that and operating as a creative, how are you going to be able to, you know, use this in the music space, whatever, to really start to, um, I don't know, just create and expand more than you ever have before from a real revenue business model type vibe. I mean, I just think it's fascinating. Do yourself a favor and at least skim it because this is really key. And I think that um, people who start to get this, who start to reach out to others, do you want to kind of collaborate? Do you want to partner? You know what's up, whatever. They're going to be the winners. They're going to be the new pioneers. And it's going to be really, really critical. And this brings me to um, a quick item that I want to share with you as well, because speaking of pioneers, you know. Those who are really active in in this space, I think it's always going to be, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but I think the genre out of music that's going to lead, continue to lead will always be hip hop and stories like this will be told about them. In the AI space, and so the this is if you have a chance, check out allhiphop.com. Um, and shout out to Chuck, who I've known there for a minute. But there is an item there, a news item, um, about Partisan Fontaine praising Cardi B as an internet pioneer and saying that she was one of the first to really put it out there using her Instagram so much more to be able to be just very real, emotional. Whatever she was thinking, whether it's about politics, relationship, whatever, Um, you know, he's calling her essentially, you know, a marketing genius. And I say that a lot of times this kind of the hip hop culture is just able to take something and whatever it is, ramp it up or be able to use it in a different way or be able to communicate with so many more people. Something that is a tech platform, if it's about communication, it is coming out of this I hate to say subculture because I really don't think it's sub. It is a, a full-on culture itself, but whatever. Um, it is a space to watch, and I know that it's going to be super powerful. So, you know, if if Cardi is being, you know, kind of hailed as an internet, and I think I would maybe say more of social media pioneer, look out for what's going to be coming down the pike in terms of emerging tech, the pioneers that will be, you know, lauded coming out of the hip-hop space keep checking for this and you know, I'm going to keep um, sharing this with you. And on um, my final note, that is kind of a little bit of indicative of this as well, but certainly not anything different. And we need to see things, you know, kind of ramp up in the creativity realm for anything VR. Cause just the VR concert, what we've all seen that has been done. This needs to, you know, start to expand. I'd love to see more storytelling, from hip hop inside of this, because they're just so great at storytelling. Anyway, if you haven't heard, Jack Harlow is going to present No Place um, Like Home as a VR concert. Meta is not giving up on, you know, trying to get these headsets on people and, you know, really jump into things, even though stats just keep showing the drop off of interest in this space for a number of different reasons, but I think Meta is hanging in there because we all have yet to see what happens when, you know, Apple comes out here with their whole game with glasses. So, but anyway, Meta's Horizon World is going to be producing this and it takes place on January 4th at 5 PM Pacific. It's from Rupp Arena. For any of those who you know are are trying to get their their pre-show game on (laughs) for all things Jack Harlow, Um, I'm going to check in on that and then, of course, give you my thoughts on January 11th. But yeah, there's just I mean, so many different ways that this is going to take take root further in 2024, and it's all going to be, I believe, really like the the mashup and I don't know debate and struggle and fight and all these things between you know individuals and startups and the massive corporations cuz they'll have certainly the deep pockets but won't be able to move as fast and the startups and individuals will come out of the gate with like all of these crazy like amazingly wonderful things that we just can't even imagine just yet. And how do I know this because it had been rumored at the top of 2023 this was going to happen but now Look at at what was just announced, what, like formally yesterday? How is Warner Brothers' discovery in talks with Paramount to actually merge? That's just, I mean, crazy. And now, allegedly, maybe Comcast might be interested in talking to Warner because they don't want, you know, Paramount to get in there with some kind of good deal without them. I mean, so what's it going to be just like one media company after a while, you know, the government is going to have a field day with um, something like this. Should it happen? Should it actually materialize? But I think it's just, again, indicative of just the, the power moves that we're going to see either attempted or that will actually go down in 2024. And like I said, juxtaposed against like those in the, in the space of music are coming more from a two three person team individuals artists whatever it's just going to be really really so exciting and i'm i'm so happy to be able to just kind of bring it to you all as it happens so don't forget january 11th coming back Full force. And in the meantime, I'm wishing you the happiest of holidays. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you are looking forward to, you know, New Year's, whatever. But I just want to put out there, you know, a lot of times people get down on themselves thinking they didn't accomplish as much or whatever. Whatever you did, because we're all living in such challenging times, whatever you did and were able to accomplish, give yourself mad like love on that and think about how you can expand it but in an easy kind of going way and how you can help bring others along with you in the same way and bigger if you can for 2024. So that is it. Lauren Delisa Coleman signing off. See you next year and really all of the very best for the upcoming year. All right, everybody. I'm out. Bye-bye. If a girlfriend who's with your seat, if a girlfriend who's with your seat,